Prescott able to stay on his feet for a moment and down he goes. Prescott going to go for it all with Gallup and it's incomplete. Prescott to the end zone. Pass is broken up. Eagles take over. Third down and two. Just have to hang on to the ball here and they get the first down on top of it. And Sanders is going to slide to ice this game. What a day. What a night. What a win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is my last live show of the year. And keeping up with a decades-long tradition, we are playing not only Best and Worst of the Weekend, we are celebrating Christmas movies. We are giving away Santa Claus-type prizes left and right to our listeners as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. Those Philadelphia Eagles beat those Dallas Cowboys in the audio you just heard. Among your best or worst of the weekend votes, you're not going to be surprised to know that the Carolina Panthers, the Charlotte Hornets, and others led the worst of the weekend vote. The NFL, some college basketball, some college football led the best of the weekend vote. As we come back to your calls, including our Christmas annual questions of the day, 2019 edition, we added this one. What's the best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century? 90% of the recommendations we get from our statewide listeners for what to watch with the family over the holidays. 90% of those movies, while great, were made a long time ago. A Christmas Story in the 1980s, Christmas Vacation, Scrooged. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life was made in the 1940s, for example, although not everybody say, sees that as a pure Christmas movie. Some believe that It's a Wonderful Life, which sometimes is number one. If you Google best Christmas movies ever, some of those lists have It's a Wonderful Life at number one. Because years ago, DG Show listeners know that we created a category called Movies described as Christmas movies that really aren't Christmas movies. They were just made with Christmas as the backdrop. Die Hard, a classic example of that. Trading Places, another classic example. Some make the argument that it's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart, the legendary actor playing the unforgettable George Bailey. It is kind of a weird combination of depressing and uplifting if you have not seen that classic. The guy is truly suicidal at the holidays, and he didn't realize how many lives he had touched in special ways. He was measuring himself, you know, based on his finances and his debts and his struggling career. And he was, seriously, he's near suicide. No laughing matter. And, spoiler alert, <laughs> he turns things around. Can you spoil a movie made in 1946? I'm not sure. <laughs> is it really a classic Christmas movie, or is it Christmas only as the backdrop? I'm not up for that intense debate today, but... The theme is most of our favorite Christmas movies are old ones. Best answers to the question of the day, what is the best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century? Elf with Will Ferrell, most votes. Polar Express, a lot of votes as well. Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton also was made uh, over these last couple of decades. And there's like a 3D animated movie called Arthur Christmas that was only made, I think, this decade, which makes it, you know, brand spanking new by Christmas movie standards. Those are some of the movies getting votes so far on that question of the day. We continue to give away prizes quickly on the Eagles. They took a huge step toward the possible NFC East title with that 17-9 win over the Cowboys. You heard the highlights there. They still must beat the New York Giants in New York in the finale for Philly to make the playoffs. 
Do I think they're going to make another Super Bowl run? My hometown favorite team? No. I was there when they beat the Patriots to claim their first ever Super Bowl title. They're tough to beat, though. And they're getting healthier at many positions. We'll see if they can even finish things off against the Giants. Daniel Jones, formerly of Duke, had five touchdown passes for the Giants this weekend. So that may not be an easy-to-assume victory as Philly visits New York with that NFC title in their grasp, basically, but they have to finish things off. The other best of the weekend, the Ravens are 13-2 and after going to Cleveland and beating the Browns. If you're an NFL fan trying to figure out, and to me this is the question of the year if you're an NFL fan, will Lamar Jackson, who was exposed for his imperfections in his only playoff game a year ago, remember rookie year, not the starter in Baltimore, first half of his rookie year, was the starter, and then you just heard, well, he's too much of a runner, not enough of a thrower, and somebody's going to figure out a way to expose him. Sure enough, the Chargers beat the Ravens in last year's playoff opener by doing exactly that. Now, this Lamar Jackson is not that Lamar Jackson. He's going to be the NFL MVP. And the Browns, I thought, put up a great fight. I watched some of that game because I think at the same time, the Panthers were being absolutely embarrassed by the Indianapolis Colts. The Browns put up a good fight by basically saying, if we can keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket, if we can limit his damage with his legs, if we can force him to make certain types of throws, we're going to maximize our chance of winning. And for a long time, it worked, kind of like the Chargers used it to beat the Ravens in the playoffs last year. In the end, the new and improved version of, of Lamar Jackson basically reproved that you can't beat me this way anymore. Well, does that mean the Ravens are going to win it all? I don't know. I wish I could tell you we'd all win at the Vegas betting window. I do think the Ravens are the best team in the National Football League. And most years, you say the Patriots in the AFC. They're 13-2, and two, the Ravens, which means they're poised for home field advantage, which would you like to go to Foxborough and try to beat Belichick and Brady? Or would you take your chances better if you need to beat New England at your place? Of course, we would all take the home game. The Ravens are well-positioned for that in part because of the win over the Browns and the continuing brilliance of Lamar Jackson. The Saints are 12-3 and after going to Tennessee and beating a Titans team that's trying to get into the playoffs. The Niners are 12-3 and after a sweep of the L.A. Rams. Last year's NFC champions are out of the playoffs entirely. That was your Saturday night special, 34-31. When the Niners, who are brilliant on defense, have had to be good enough offensively, They've done it in some big games. Jimmy Garoppolo and that running game. It is not just a defensively dominant San Francisco team, so one more dangerous squad to follow heading into the playoffs. And the Patriots swept a very good and playoff-bound Buffalo Bills team. They completed that sweep on Saturday, 24-17. Brady and friends over Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. Again, both of them are playoffs bound. 1-800-849-2761. There are only two playoff spots up for bids. Uh, or grabs. It's either going to be Tennessee or Pittsburgh for the final spot in the AFC. It's going to be Philly with the win over the Giants, or if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win next week, the Cowboys, devastated by losing in Philly, could still squeeze in kind of through that back door if it falls that way for them. Weekend, week 16, by the way, ends with a bang tonight. 11-3 Green Bay at 10-4 Minnesota. They're both headed to the postseason, but all the seeds are still to be determined. So big game between the Packers and the Vikings tonight on ESPN. Wayne is in Dunn and wants to answer one of our questions of the day. Wayne, have you been to any Canes games this season? 
Not yet. Ooh, that makes me happy. Santa Claus likes when little kids' eyes glow when they open that <laughs> gift on Christmas morning. I really hope to send you to a Canes game. Here is your question. In a video released by the Canes this weekend, which star player played what holiday character? Sebastian Ajo with the elf on a shelf. Wasn't that fantastic, man? Did you were you at, it was. You, were you watching on TV? Yes, sir. Yeah, did they? So they played it during the TV broadcast. I was there, and I was wondering, man. I hope Kaniacs get a look at this one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. So you dropped me an email, Wayne. Depending on how busy you are this holiday season. I'm going to send you, if, if you choose, you don't have to choose Kane's tickets, but if that is your choice, uh, I've got January 3rd against the Capitals, the 5th against the Lightning, the 7th against the Flyers, and the 10th against the Coyotes. All of these, by the way, are while supplies last, so we have a lot of winners today. Wayne, we'll get you to a game with a friend if you pick Kane's tickets. Uh, best-selling sports books, and a lot of other options in our prize closet as well. We love playing Santa Claus on my final live show of the calendar year. That's what today is as we pick over the sports headlines. The question of the day, what's the best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century? And as always, we gather your votes. Best Christmas movie ever with real people. A Christmas Story with Little Ralphie. Christmas Vacation with Clark Griswold. Scrooge with Bill Murray gets a lot of votes. Elf with Will Ferrell gets a lot of votes. And Elf is the leading vote-getter in the question of the day as well. Best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century. Category two, and we're always looking for new blood, but Grinch, Rudolph, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Frosty, Charlie Brown Christmas, Polar Express, the Muppet Christmas Carol and Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas are all getting votes in the Christmas movies without real people category. That means cartoons, animation, claymation, and the like. And finally, no angry debates today. We're in the spirit of the holiday season. But sometimes people look at a list of famous Christmas movies and they say, that's not really a Christmas movie. Just because there's a Christmas tree somewhere in the plot or the background doesn't mean it's a Christmas movie. Die Hard is a Cop fighting terrorists, not a Christmas movie, right? Trading Places is a social experiment examining nature versus nurture. Just happens to have Christmas as the backdrop as Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy play Louis Winthrop III and, you know, the street hustler named Billy Ray Valentine. Home Alone is on the fence. I see enough Christmas themes that maybe it's more of a Christmas movie than just Kevin McAllister tricking and manipulating Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, the feisty burglars. Uh, Ed Edward Scissorhands, isn't that really about a dude who comes to be appreciated by his neighbors and friends after being mocked for having, you know, special hands? Turns out he can trim a pretty good bush with those special hands, right? Cut, cut pretty good hair with those special hands. It felt like Christmas was more the backdrop and that, Edward Scissorhands could have been thrown at any time of the year, right? Am I crazy? 1-800-849-2761. And whereas I know in the movie Gremlins, y'all remember this? In the store, little Randall encounters a small fuzzy creature called a mogwai. The owner refuses to sell the creature to Randall. The, uh, Randall's the big guy. The grandson secretly sells the mogwai to Randall and then explains the rules of mogwais and gremlins, etc. In the end, all I know is that there's an army of gremlins wreaking chaos around Kingston Falls, 
and all of the gremlins but one got killed. Does that sound like the Christmas spirit to you? I don't know. I don't care if it's people or gremlins or mogwais. If everybody but one dies, that's not very Christmassy. 1-800-849-2761. Kind of like Die Hard. Seriously. Like when, when uh, John McClane comes out of the elevator to leave more dead bodies in his wake, that's a fighting terrorism movie at Nakatomi Plaza. That is not the spirit of the Christmas season. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Thomas and Clayton may be about to win a prize. I'm not sure how many prizes I have left, but I will continue to take your votes for the best Christmas movies as you share those with your fellow listeners. Thomas and Clayton, did I leave a Scrooge uh, question lingering out there? Was that the Christmas gift question? Yes. Yes, it was. See, I, I wonder if Santa on his sleigh gets confused about his gifts because I'm already confusing myself today. I'm trying to give as many Christmas presents as possible. Uh, Thomas and Clayton, you tell me if I get this question right and then you give me an answer. In the movie Scrooged, what did TV executive Frank Cross, played by Bill Murray, give as the nicer gifts to his big wealthy business associates? And then what did he give less nice to family and friends and the business people who didn't line his pockets quite as much. You remember, he was talking to his yes. secretary, and, and he, he, he chose either A or B. What were A and B? A was a video VHS video recorder. He didn't even call it a VCR. And B was a company-embroidered bath towel. <laughs> uh, so his secretary his... said that she can also get uh, face cloth as well. <laughs> so his own, for those who don't remember the movie, his own brother, his secretary would mention his own brother, and Frank would say, towels, towels. You know, and somebody else who wasn't lying in his pockets in the business world, towels, towels. And then some big TV executive, uh, yeah, whatever. You, what, you're right, man. We're going way back. VHS, it wasn't even called a VCR. Is that what you said? Yes, it was a VHS video recorder is what he said. In the <laughs> well done, man. Thank you for playing. Drop me an email, and I'll either get you to a Canes game or you can pick a prize from another nice long list of prizes. The lines are full every year, all three hours when we play this game. We can talk sports, and I have more of your best and worst of the weekend votes. More movies, your favorite. Maybe we have neglected to mention one. Maybe you have an is-it-really-a-Christmas-movie debate for me to referee, and I will do that. The Ref with Dennis Leary does have some Christmas themes, but many describe it as more Christmas as a backdrop. The Ref with Dennis Leary, again, I will not participate in any angry debates along such things. I will referee if requested. But Lethal Weapon, set at Christmas, not a Christmas movie. Die Hard, set at Christmas, not a Christmas movie. And although there are some Christmassy themes, and I love the movie Grumpy Old Men, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau were among the most unforgettable actors of their generation. And they ended up turning Grumpy Old Men into like a series, right? A series of really popular movies. The original was set at Christmas as they go back and forth and remember, one daughter ends up falling in love with the other's son. And the lovely, sexy neighbor, Ariel, played by the unforgettable Anne Margaret, one of the true vixens of her time, uh, ends up dating both Walter Matthau's character and Jack Lemmon's character. 
taking two old friends turn enemies, enemies relationship to the next even more difficult level. While a great movie that I would recommend for all of you, I'm not sure it fits true Christmas movie as well as it fits good movie, but with Christmas merely as the backdrop. Again, no angry debates on such things. If you've ever seen Eyes Wide Shut, which was made in 1999, you guys know this one? Nicole Kidman, uh, Tom Cruise, Eyes Wide Shut has been nominated as a Christmas movie on this show. It is my duty as a fellow American to share that that is fundamentally an erotica film. Like, that's that's what it, like, are, when they're pulling up to the palace at times, are there Christmas trees in the background? Yes. It is kind of twisted. There are secret societies involved. And every time you turn around, there are people wearing masks, having sex, sometimes orgy style. Sorry, kids. Back to Santa Claus. It's not, it's not a Christmas movie. It is a movie that happens to have Christmas as the backdrop. As with Die Hard and some of these others, I will not budge on Eyes Wide Shut, whatever you think of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise and their performances, if you know what I'm saying. 1-800-849-2761. Brent, Gary, Kevin, Michael, Alvin, and others. One in on the other side. You can join us with your question, comment, Christmas movie, vote, or recommendation. And the lingering question of the day, 2019 style, is what is the best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century, since almost all of our favorites were made before that? Elf with Will Ferrell getting the most votes. Polar Express from the animated category getting the second most votes. Arthur Christmas, I haven't seen that. And Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton, I have seen that. Also getting votes on the 21st century best Christmas movie question of the day. 1-800-849-2761. More sports, more Santa Claus gifts for you, our listeners, and more of your phone calls at 1-800-849-2761. Next on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little more Elf for you as we celebrate great Christmas movies. It is my final live show of the year. I will see you again in 2020, of course. We play fun with movies. We give away a lot of gifts. Canes and other sporting event tickets. Best-selling sports books, including from the authors that dropped by the David Glenn Show all year long. We continue to be bearing gifts. You continue to line up your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. You can cast your ballot for the best or worst that you saw in the sports world this weekend. A lot of NFL bowl season included wins by the App State Mountaineers and the North Carolina A&T Aggies for App State. 
13 and 1 that is the most FBS wins in a single season ever for any team in North Carolina history. They are also now 5 and 0 in bowl games at the FBS level. The Mountaineers shout out to the new head coach Sean Clark. Appreciate him dropping by on the way to the New Orleans Bowl. They took out UAB by 14 in New Orleans over the weekend that was and for the Aggies of A&T they have their fourth HBCU national title in the last five years, 64-44 over Alcorn State at the Celebration Bowl there in Atlanta. Two of those titles nationally were under the retired coach Rod Broadway. These last two under Sam Washington. Appreciate Coach Washington for dropping by. Speaking of coaches, Mac Brown of the Tar Heels, Dave Clawson of Wake Forest, they already dropped by on our show. It'll be the Heels against Temple in the Military Bowl, the Deeks against Michigan State in the Pinstripe Bowl. Both of those games are this Friday, and of course, bigger news nationally, those semifinal matchups, Oklahoma LSU and Clemson Ohio State, are now just six days away. I am glad that I am on vacation to take in a lot of great sports between now and when I see you again in early January. Of course, we have great guest hosts and best of DG show editions for those days that land exactly on the holidays. Kevin is in Winston-Salem and just wants to share a good story. Our question of the day is, what is the best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century? We are taking your votes for your favorite in three categories, Christmas movies with real people, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, and Elf are actually the three leading vote-getters as we speak. Some old-timer votes for It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street, among many others. Christmas movie, best Christmas movie without real people. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming to Town among the leading vote-getters. And then Christmas is a Backdrop is a bit controversial, but it has evolved into a stage here over the years at the David Glenn Show. We debated Die Hard and decided, no, it's not really a Christmas movie, although you see it on all those lists. Trading Places, no, it's nature versus nurture. It just happens to be set at Christmas. Home Alone is a closer call, but Edward Scissorhands, Gremlins, Batman Returns, and a whole bunch of others are more Christmas is merely the backdrop than they are actual, authentic, no doubt about it, Christmas movies. Kevin in Winston-Salem might be an elf. I'm not sure. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Sure. So last year at the school that, uh, that I'm an administrator at, so we had a canned food drive. So myself, our head football coach, we collected so many cans of food that we came in costumes. He was a elf on the shelf, <laughs> and I was a buddy, which was, which was tremendous, uh, watching the kids get involved on in the last day of school. But, uh, and, of course, everywhere that he went, he left little Hershey Kisses around, uh, which is comical. That is fantastic. And I imagine just as Will, Will Ferrell was the supersized elf in that great movie, I imagine your football coach was one heck of a supersized elf. Well, he was elf on the shelf, and I was buddy. So, so yes, that was quite comical. But the funny part, after school, my wife calls me. She wants me to stop by an indoor gun range and buy a gift card for my father-in-law. And so you just think about walking oh, into, no. a, into a gun shop. In your buddy outfit. Yes. Oh, how, how were you received in the gun shop? 
the younger generation enjoyed it. You know, we're popping off lines from the movie. <laughs> the older guys in there were like, listen, what the, what the <laughs> wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah, is that part of a background check? I'm not really sure. Is, is Kevin and Winston-Salem okay to purchase this particular gun? Hey, thanks for sharing that story, man. It is a good one. And Elf continues to get a lot of votes. It's the leading vote-getter for the question of the day. Best Christmas movie made since the turn of the century. And it's actually one of the top three vote-getters for the best Christmas movies with real people. A Christmas Story with Little Ralphie. I mean, the one that doesn't that still play 24 straight hours a day for like a week straight? I think it still does. I'm with you on that. That's the gold medal for me and every year and the gold standard, if you will. Christmas Vacation, I have to squeeze into my top five at least. But I want Elf in there. And y'all know how I feel about Bill Murray and Scrooge. We're going to play that scene for you a little bit later. Speaking of famous scenes, as we continue with your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Saturday Night Live once had John Malkovich give his version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. It's not long, but another of our holiday favorite audio splices as we continue with your calls, Charles Hadley in for the vacationing Darren Vaught. Uh, cue it up from Saturday Night Live, a unique twist, to say the least, on Twas the Night Before Christmas. To my wandering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Now, did you know <laughs> that it is estimated that Santa's sleigh weighs 353,000 tons? So... Traveling at 650 miles per second would create such an enormous friction that Santa and his reindeer would burst into flame. <laughs> you understand? Like, like a meteor entering the atmosphere. <laughs> it is worth queuing up the longer version of that if you haven't seen it in a while. 1-800-849-2761. That is your ticket into the program. It looks like Al Van thinks the Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl. Maybe the eggnog has been passed out a little earlier than usual in Burlington today. I'm not really sure. We're in favor of that for the record. It is the holiday season. Enjoy that however you may wish to enjoy it. Brenton Wilson has Muppets on his mind. Let me try Brent. You're next on the David Glenn Show. Gary has a combination of sports and Christmas movies. Brent, go right ahead. Are you asking a question or are you nominating a great Christmas movie? I, I wanted to ask you a trivia question, but I also had a sports Christmas question, movie question for you as well, David. Wow. All right. Put me on the spot. I, I wanted an easy final show of 2019. Here we go. All right. All right. Sports winter movie, Christmas movie. Do you think Miracle would be a Christmas movie? Ooh, that's interesting. I would say it's not a Christmas movie because it's an overwhelming story about you know, the greatest sports championship of all time in my eyes. And you mean that miracle movie, right? Oh, oh most definitely. Lake, hockey at Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Is that, you know, with Christmas as a backdrop. It is a backdrop. That's a great, great point. Squeezing a sports movie into our conversation today and one of my beloved three categories. You just made my day, Brenton Wilson, and I'll let you keep going. If I remember correctly, not only can I picture some Christmas trees, et cetera, in the movie, and for those who haven't seen Miracle, it's Lake Placid, Team USA, college guys beat the lion cheating Russians for the uh, gold medal at the Winter Olympics, etc. One of the greatest success stories in the history of world sports, much less American sports. I still know the Herb Brooks speech in the locker room, word for word, and have driven my own children crazy by starting with, 
great moments are born of great opportunity. I know the whole I know the whole scene and the whole speech from that great movie. It's it's an inspirational speech. Y'all have heard it, right? If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight we skate with them. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Brenton Wilson, I'm off track. I do love that speech. I do. I mean, we might even cue it up. Great, great example where I remember didn't, like, Coach Herb Brooks exchange gifts in one scene in that movie? I, I think part of it is said at Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's a small part of the movie, but, of course, you know, yes, exactly well put. Uh, part of it was set at Christmas, and there was even an invite the players over to the coach's house on, like, Christmas Eve or some other festivity that where there was a Christmas tree in the background. Really well done, Brent. I got to add that to the list. So what's up with Muppets? What's, what's on your mind? Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol movie you keep referencing, that's actually got Muppets and folks in real life, real life actors characters. That's true. Do you, re- do you remember, the question for you, do you remember who played Ebenezer Scrooge in the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, man. You're throwing me two curveballs today because now I'm concerned, have I been all these years putting the, the Muppet Christmas Carol movie in the wrong category? Or does the... Does the animated aspect outweigh the fact that there are some people in there? I don't know. Maybe I should leave it to Brent because he has all the answers today. I believe it was Michael Caine. Yes, that is Michael correct. Caine. Michael Caine is a real actor, plays Scrooge. That's and and what a great, great Scrooge he was. Um, what do you think? Should I leave? I mean, it's Muppets, so it sounds like it should be in the same category as Frosty and Rudolph and the Grinch. But you're right, there are human beings in there. Now I'm confused. And, and Gremlins, of course, has fu- fuzzy, furry creatures all over the place, but actual human beings in it as well. But I guess we dodged that bullet because if we're calling Gremlins only Christmas as a backdrop, we don't have to decide whether it's real people or not. What do you think, Brent? Where should we leave Muppets? Uh, I think we need to move it, create its own category. Yeah. You've got real life. The combo? Yeah, <laughs> now we need a... <laughs> Some people make fun of us for having three different categories of Christmas movies. Now we're going to have four. I guess that's just continuing a two decades long theme. Very well done today, Brent. I'm glad we got you in. 1-800-849-2761. We're coming right back to your calls on the other side. Sports are okay with us. In fact, they pay our bills to a great extent, so we encourage such conversation. Week 16 ends tonight in the NFL with a nice matchup, Packers at Vikings. Both are headed to the postseason, and eight other teams already know they're going. More on that matchup with more of your phone calls. Best Christmas movie since the turn of the century. Still leading the vote, Elf, with Will Ferrell. Still running second, Polar Express from the animated category. Arthur Christmas, again, I can't recommend it because I haven't seen it, but Bad Santa, the other two leading vote-getters. A paucity, if you will, good SAT word, of outstanding uh, Christmas movies since the turn of the century. All sorts of blasts from the past, from the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, including most of our leading vote-getters in our three categories of Christmas movies, perhaps growing to four. 1-800-849-2761. Every once in a while, y'all hit me and our statewide audience with a Christmas movie that I haven't seen yet, so I'm in favor of that. If you haven't heard the name of a movie, as I give you the leading vote-getters so far, Christmas movies with real people, A Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation with the Griswolds, Scrooged with Bill Murray, Elf with Will Ferrell, 
Uh, it's a wonderful life. I haven't seen a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, but that has been made since the turn of the century. So you can add that as a possible answer. Haven't seen that one, though. Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Remember that one? The Santa Claus is actually a little play on words if you haven't seen that one. Spoiler alert. Contractually, he has to become Santa Claus because of a clause in his contract. Get it? Bad Santa, also on that list. Best Christmas movies without real people. Here are the leading vote-getters as they've come in by email, Twitter, and phone calls. Grinch is still running number one. My Rudolph, my pick, is running number two. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's the one with Burgermeister Meisterberger as the key evil figure, if you will. Um, Frosty, Charlie Brown, Polar Express, and others also getting votes. And then Christmas as a backdrop is simply taking some movies that are described as Christmas movies, but reminding everyone that Christmas isn't really the theme in Die Hard and Trading Places and Edward Scissorhands and Gremlins and Batman Returns and a lot of others. 1-800-849-2761. Just because the movie is set with Christmas as a backdrop doesn't make it a classic, authentic Christmas movie with such holiday themes. Very important subject matter today on the David Glenn Show as we come back to your calls. The other prize among, among the trivia prizes that are lingering, I still need somebody willing to sing the Snow Miser song on the air. We even have dug out the karaoke version. So it's just the soundtrack. If you can put together, I'll try to help you if you request. If you can sing the Snow Miser song, you too will get your pick from the DG Show prize closet. Again, lots of Canes games and other sporting events. Also, best-selling sports books from the authors who visited us throughout 2019. 1-800-849-2761. Looking for a Snow Miser singer. And back to your calls next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. The first career win just a week into the tenure of Sean Clark and the former All-American Mountaineer returns to his alma mater and gets the bowl win. It is the fifth in a row for App State since they made the jump up from FCS to FBS. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is our annual Christmas edition, holiday if you will. We're giving away a lot of prizes today. I think we're past... We're into double digits as we speak. We have more sports books, canes, and other tickets to give away. I still need, and this has become an annual tradition for almost two decades on our show, I need a volunteer to sing live on the air the Snow Miser song. We always collect your votes for the best Christmas movies of all time. We divide them into three categories, those with real people, those without real people, meaning claymation, animation, or otherwise, and then those that are described as Christmas movies by some, but we know better, it's really Christmas is the backdrop, and diehard trading places, those themes are not Christmassy. Something else is the theme, just happens to be set at Christmas. There's a difference there. One of our favorite movies in the animation claymation division includes the unforgettable brothers Snow Miser and Heat Miser. Those songs, similarly unforgettable as they ring in our ears at this time of year. If you know 
the, the words to snow miser. It's cold here in North Carolina right now, so let's go snow miser over heat miser this year. You can think, you can hear it in your head. Ah, Mr. White Christmas, if I, if I was a better singer, I would do this for you, but you've got to do it to win a prize. Ah, Mr. White Christmas, ah, Mr. Snow, ah, Mr. Icicle, ah, Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me snow miser, whatever I touch, but um bump bump turns to snow in my clutch. I'm too much, right? I'm just getting you rolling. There's more to the song than that, but I need a volunteer. We have a little over an hour left to give away one of our traditional prizes on what is my last live show before I get a little break with the family for the holidays. I, of course, will see you in 2020, and you will have guest hosts and best of DG show editions in my absence, as always. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. I was asked to referee, and you guys, Charles Hadley in for the vacationing Darren Vaught. Intern Will is with me as well. I was asked whether the movie While You Were Sleeping is a Christmas movie or is Christmas only the backdrop. You guys remember Sandra Bullock of ECU fame, wonderful actress? She saves a man's life, and she does save the man's life on Christmas Day. So there's your Christmas theme. It's fundamentally, I think, a story of where everyone thinks that Sandra Bullock has saved her fiancé. But in actuality, she had just saved a handsome stranger. And there's all sorts of ensuing confusion, etc. She had been admiring this dude from afar. That's the dude that she saved his life. In the confusion with the guy she saved now in a coma, she spends time with the coma guy's family and falls in love with the coma guy's brother. And all of this happens during the holiday season. Now, does that make it a, a Christmas or holiday movie? Or is it more a love story with Christmas as the backdrop? Again, I don't like nasty debates. We're in the spirit of giving today. It sounds to me a little bit more like Christmas is just the backdrop, but it has been a while since I've seen While You Were Sleeping, so somebody certainly could pull me to the other side of the fence if justified. 1-800-849-2761. Let me try Michael in Raleigh, who has the long kiss goodnight on his mind. Michael, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. DG, thanks for taking my call as always, and a Merry Christmas and Happy Healthy New Year to you and your family and everybody there. Thank you very much. Right back at you. So I've got to go with uh, Ralphie and the Red Rider uh, 200-shot carbine Range Rover. (laughs) You know, that's my my favorite. It's hard to beat it. Then uh, for the animated... Uh, I'm like you. My favorite is Rudolph. It would be Rudolph 1A, Charlie Brown 1B. Yeah, I'm with you, and I'd maybe add my Grinch at, at 1C there. I'm with you. I, I can't. I got to have go. my Rudolph. I got to have my Island of Misfit Toys. I think it's just symbolic <laughs> for so many things in life because we're all a misfit toy at some t- point in our lives, right? So let's, let's find an island and share share that island with other misfit toys. Uh, and in the end, spoiler alert, those toys did find homes thanks to the magic of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, so what else is on your mind, Michael? Those are two great votes. So then my backdrop, uh, and I'm going new this year because I've always been a huge Die Hard fan, but I was watching it just the other day, and literally your show came to mind. (laughs) I thought, this is a backdrop movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight. All right. I I can picture Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson. It's been a while since I've seen this one. Right. Turns out she's an assassin that got amnesia, 
then around Christmas time, she was taking an old guy home and had a car wreck, and all of the assassin stuff started to come back. <laughs> so Samuel L. Jackson and her go on a trip to find out who she is, and she winds up saving a bridge in Canada from being blown up on Christmas Eve. Oh, man, that's a great, great example. I'm adding that to the list right now. That was probably 20 years ago or so, right? Uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight. Christmas as a backdrop. Michael, that's a clean sweep of our, our since they've, they've become famous, frankly, thanks to the David Glenn Show and our annual pre-Christmas live edition. Three categories of Christmas movies. That's how it should be. Frank, doesn't it allow us to just spread the wealth a little bit? Instead of only one gold, one silver, and one bronze, we get to give nine medals. Three different categories of Christmas movies. We have collected Michael's votes, and astute votes, by the way, in each of those three. The Long Kiss Goodnight, this year's addition to category number three. Matt, Maddie's in Winston-Salem. I may have a snow miser singer, but I have to take a break to give her time to try to sing. We'll be back after this, and someone's going to try to sing the snow miser song next on The David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think MC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Every year on this program, we ask somebody to sing the Snow Miser or Heat Miser song for a prize. Maddie is in Winston-Salem, and we don't have a lot of time. Maddie, welcome to the show. We're going to start the karaoke background music. The initial lyrics are, I'm Mr. White Christmas, I'm Mr. Snow, I'm Mr. Icicle, I'm Mr. Ten Below. When you hear the music, go ahead and start that. If you need my help, I'll jump in at any time. Charles, go ahead and cue up the karaoke background music for Snow Miser by Maddie in Winston-Salem. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Icicle. Friends call me. Well done, Maddie. I think the chorus is next. He's Mr. White Christmas. He's Mr. Snow. He's Mr. Icicle. He's Mr. Timbalo. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch, turns snow in my clutch. He's too much. He's too much. Maddie, that is awesome. You're a winner. I don't know if you're looking for hockey tickets or something else, but I admire your audacity to sing for a statewide audience that is well executed, especially given that you might not be able to hear the karaoke music as well as I did. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Stay on hold, okay, because we'll tell you how to claim your prize. And we are turning it back over to you all in your phone calls. Christmas movie recommendations, best and worst of the sports weekend. And we just keep giving away Santa Claus-type prizes. That's today on The David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.